Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. And this is Sid. I think a, I think it's fair to say a very special episode of The Bones. The I've Bones. Think, I've been no. thinking about calling it The Bones. No, I don't. Mm, no, no, not good. No, not all of that. Don't like that. You're lukewarm on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sawbones. I mean, like it, you're not. You the realize bones. you're not like losing any, Saving any syllables, syllables yeah. yeah, by saying the bones. Uh, the bones. It's Max Fun Drive. It is the 2019 Max Fun Drive, the time that we come to you once a year and say, hey, if you've enjoyed what you've heard uh, in our show, um, please consider supporting it financially. Yes. Become a member of our Maximum Fun family uh, with a with a monthly donation to our uh, to our show it's uh, all of our shows your donations collectively all the shows that you enjoy uh your donations over the years in addition to uh feeding and clothing us and putting a roof over our heads have also allowed us to uh allowed sid to spend more time on the show they allow us to uh improve our equipment and help us pay for hosting and uh music and all that good stuff which has allowed us to do other things that we we hope if you're listeners of the show you also enjoy like write our book Yes, absolutely. Uh, and tour more, do more live shows, go out there and, you know, because I'm not at work. We'll talk more about it uh, in the middle of the show, but the w- real quick pitch is this. Uh, there's uh, donation levels from $5 a month all the way up to $200 a month. If you're uh, an eccentric millionaire that loves to toss around their cash on podcasts, we appreciate that. Uh, if you go to MaximumFund.org forward slash donate, I just want to tell you real quick about a couple of membership levels at $5 a month. You're going to get hundreds of hours, over 225 hours, I think, of bonus content from all of the Max Fun shows uh, from all the years. Um, the whole archive will be open to you at $10 a month. Uh, there is a uh, you get to choose a pin in addition to all the bonus content. $10 a month, you get a pin. And the one for Sawbones is super cool. It says Pro Vax on it. It looks awesome. It's designed by Megan Lincott. <clears throat> you can pick your favorite, but you should probably pick that one. It's the best. It's the I'm best. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, and your donation goes directly to the shows that you uh, listen to. About 75% of it uh, goes directly to creators who you say you listen to uh, their shows. You choose the shows you like, and that's who gets the money. So so uh, please choose our show if you're listening. Yes, Because you're a listener. Because you're a listener. If you're listening to this, you're listening. Yeah. By default, you're a listener. Maximumfund.org forward slash donate. And now on with the show. So this is a this is a joint 
effort this week. Yes, it's a crossover it's a, event. It is. Uh, Not like armchair expert and goop, Dax Shepard, very disappointed in you, Dax. What? Yes, Dax did a crossover episode with goop. I just saw it on oh, iTunes. Oh, no. Such a disappointment, Dax. That... I love Such Dax. Such a disappointment, Dax. I'm Why? very disappointed in you, Dax. No. Very don't. disappointed. Don't elevate anti-science loons. Um, no. Anyway. Also, if you work for Delta. <laughs> if you work for Delta, you have the good podcast. Yeah, you have a selection of podcasts that people can listen to. And some are quite good. Like Dr. Death is on there. Yeah, some are quite good. good. But then also Goop is on there. Come Why on, are you Delta. spreading that misinformation, that anti-science junk? This on is, your planes. This is a cross. We're so bad at pledge drive episodes. We just get angry and start complaining about anti-science people. Anyway, anyway, this is a crossover episode with Schmanners. Yes. A podcast about etiquette created by Teresa McRoy and her husband, Trevor or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, we are talking this week about heartbreak. Why? Well, if you listen to our show and don't donate, it breaks our heart. Is that your? That's my thing. That's, that's what thing. I'm going with. If you also, Travis texted us and said, "Hey, this is what we want to do," and I said, "Ah, that would be a good episode of Sawbones too, and good idea." And also, it breaks our Family? heart when you don't donate. Why don't you let that. me have my theme. Okay, let me have a theme. You had a look on your face like I know this is dumb, but I'm going to try to go with it. I've never had that look on my face in my entire life. Oh, that look is on your face like 50% of the time we're recording. Sydney, <laughs> unless I am confused, I don't think having a broken heart is a medical condition, right? Well, actually, Justin, there is something called broken heart syndrome. I'm not going to answer that question directly because like your heart isn't. I don't know. Like it didn't physic. Like it's not broken in half the way that we picture a broken heart. Yeah, you you could almost say that I was trying to open a door for you sure. to introduce the topic and I discuss put, it rather than correct. Did you see? I put a quote from the Wizard of Oz in the notes because it's a crossover with Travis and Teresa, and Teresa loves the Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's nice. You can read it if you want. I'm opening it as we speak. Oh, you don't have the notes? I was so mad about Dax. That's where your pledge break I is. was so mad about Dax. Hearts will never be made practical until they are made unbreakable. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Now, if enough force, first you have to freeze it, a heart, like Sub-Zero. <laughs> and then a one punch, I imagine, can shatter a heart uh, once you're in that state. Is that what we're discussing today? No, that is not what we're discussing. You've heard the phrase that the, someone died of a broken heart yes. and most of the time that's more of like a euphemistic kind of thing like they didn't literally have some sort of cardiac event that led to their death but but could you could you conceivably die of a broken heart science says yes and we're going to talk about that okay now before i get into what the actual cardiac syndrome Mm-hmm. That that is sometimes colloquially colloquially colloquially. I hate saying that word. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's Collo- a hard one. Colloquially. <laughs> I have a problem. Saying you sound like Doctor Zoidberg. Colloquially. <laughs> anyway, that um, in layman's terms in is layman's sometimes terms. called broken heart syndrome. Before we get into that, uh, we've had ancient remedies. A lot of them, like herbal or folk remedies for a broken heart, things that you supposedly could do to get to help you get through a broken heart, which I think is interesting that we tried to come up with substances to, well, I mean, I, it's know, just it a, can feel like, a, like any kind of intense emotional thing like that can feel physical, right? Like mm-hmm. I could see That's how you, you would think that it would be, you know, you get that 
the the pit of your stomach ache and the you know the the feeling like crap all over your body flu like yeah uh, but lethargy I, but these these remedies are aimed specifically at getting through the broken heart so i mean like it's it's with a knowledge that it's not a necessarily physical in origin mm-hmm. that it that it is an emotional thing um which i guess maybe they are sort of overtures like old without knowing overtures at, at trying to help with uh, maybe mental illness or maybe just what we would call more like a grief reaction, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And some of that can be like a normal grief reaction. It's not necessarily pathologic. If something bad happens, you should feel sad and cry. That's, right. that's normal. Um, but anyway, some of these have been like uh balm of Gilead buds are popular. Sounds romantic. You hold them close to your heart. You can put them under your pillow. I don't know what that would do, but it sounds, I mean, it does maybe like, like a Dumbo and feather kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you could carry around some dried amaranth. Um, that's been known. Uh, one of my favorite was uh, drink a wine glass of tomato juice three times a day. I mean, it sounds healthy. <laughs> Not for me, like the reflux from that. Yeah, that would give you a uh, heart, take you from broken heart to heartburn. Hey, there you go. It's not helping anything. Proud of that one. Um, um, I'm 50-50, <laughs> honestly. There's some herbs, like uh, cyclamen was one I found that will like... All- cyclamen, notorious Doctor Who enemy. <laughs> <clears throat> the that, cyclamen. That will both heal your broken heart and protect you from evil. <laughs> but there you go. So there you go. Works on the cyclamen. Um, not weed. Hold not weed. No, pass. The hand. Anything is not weed. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Just not weed. Cannot weed. Okay. Like cannot weed. Like knuffle bunny. Knuffle. Cannot weed. <laughs> um, so you you hold it in the hand you write with, and it absorbs all your pain. You have to imagine that though. You have to imagine that. It, oh, you're a lot of the most effective medical cures require imagination. <laughs> Imagining them working. Uh, And then this was my favorite, pomegranate. Cut a pomegranate in half, write your first name on a piece of clean white paper, fold it, place it between the two halves, tie it back together, and bury it. Kind of like a a cootie catcher. (laughs) Same principle. That is not how a cootie catcher works. I know it's not. It was literary. I took a literary license. Yeah. Um, And I mean, if any of these sort of like rituals make you feel better i don't find other than the like drinking tomato juice they're not intrinsically harmful i suppose mm-hmm. um sometimes some sort of like ceremonial letting go of emotions is important it we're in weird territory right because normally we wouldn't be giving this much of a pass to like stuff that like just doesn't work but we're in like Right now, we're actually talking about an emotional state, right? This isn't, I mean, that this is the crossover. Like, for a long time, a broken heart is just, I mean, it's just that, right? It's it's an emotional thing that happened. It's not a medical condition of any stripe, necessarily. I mean, a lot of people go through heartbreak and don't necessarily need any sort of medical help. I'm not going to say that that's, it's impossible you would, mm-hmm. but most of the time you don't. And so these are just sort of like... I don't know. I mean, it's like it, they're ancient equivalents to eat some ice cream and hang out with your friends. Right. Like it's the same idea. Right. 
they're just it's just if you don't have friends but you do have a lot of tomatoes and you don't have ice cream i guess yeah i found a broken heart tea recipe <laughs> delicious yeah I, I liked that idea here's some tea that will fix your broken heart it has rose hips and basil and burdock root holy basil mm-hmm. is here. and something that i assume they sell <laughs> i'm not gonna give them any it's another no, it's no some plug. sort of yeah, I'm not going to give them a plug. There's, some sort of the herbal last... additive that they sell and then some sugar. Mm, the recipe doesn't say sugar. It says raw sugar or raw honey. So that kind of tells you what kind of recipe we're talking about here. <laughs> so there's some tea that will. I And here's the thing. I, I think that if we're if we're talking about the emotional thing, whatever, as long as it doesn't, as long as it's not harmful and you're not losing any money on it. I mean, go for it. Whatever you know, makes you get feel a pomegranate. There are, I, I, mean, would, I would advocate, though, if you're going to buy a pomegranate, like eat it. They're expensive. Yeah. The tea, the tea thing sounds like it could help. Man, just like sitting with a, a cup of tea. Yeah. Just like enjoying some tea. That sounds like it could actually be very useful for a broken heart. Sure. Whatever tea. A though. metaphorical broken heart. A metaphorical. Not but, a sub-zero shattered broken heart. There's very little that can be done for that. <laughs> but can you actually get sick from a broken heart? Can you actually have a medical condition that is called a broken heart? Yes. Why are you asking me? Oh, thank you for answering yes. before you waited. It was rhetorical. For me to yes. yes. I figured. <laughs> uh, this is not an old diagnosis. Hmm. No, most of the things we talk about on the show are very ancient. Uh, but, and certainly this is, this could have been happening for hundreds of One would of assume years. it was. Right. right? It, but we didn't Especially know. Especially since people back in the olden days beefed it constantly. <laughs> it was probably happening even more. But we didn't know that it was a distinct entity until the 90s. In uh, 1991, there was a paper published in Japan. There were some researchers who detailed what was called Takasubo's cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, someone will have some sort of extreme emotional stressful event. Something will happen to them or around them. And as a result, or some physical stress, it doesn't have to be emotional. It could be physical stress, but emotional is what I think captured the the public's imagination mm-hmm. um, because it could also be a physical stress, something like a severe sepsis. You got a really bad infection. And no. so now your heart is under a physical stress. You know what I mean? So There's like nothing romantic about that notion. Though. No, like, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it, it's a big leap to think if you're very sick, it could tax your heart more. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of obvious or like a trauma, like a physical trauma, that kind of thing. But emotional trauma was a little more interesting and patients would come to the emergency room and it would sound like they were having a heart attack. They were, they were presenting with the symptoms of a heart attack. I'm having chest pain. I'm having shortness of breath. I feel dizzy. I feel nauseous. I'm sweaty. The, just the usual stuff that when we hear, we go, "Uh Oh, could be a heart attack. Let's do the heart attack stuff. The things we do, the labs we do, the tests we do. Right. Let's figure out if this is a heart attack. And they will have, uh, somebody asked us this recently. What's the difference between symptoms and signs? Mm. Symptoms are things that you, the patient tell me like I'm dizzy. I'm uh, sweaty. You know, I, that kind of thing. Although a, a sweating could be a sign too. Signs are things I observe. Mm. So like, you're not going to tell me that you're tachycardic. Right. You would observe that. I would observe that. Huh. But you're going to tell me that you have chest pain. That's I didn't a realize symptom. there was a delineation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, the, so we would also find uh, diagnostic indications that a patient could be having a heart attack. So for instance, we do an EKG, electrical tracing of their heart, and find 
some changes on it that look like a heart attack. We check for something called cardiac enzymes. Usually now it's just something called troponin, uh, which is like something that is in your heart muscle. And if your heart muscle is being damaged, it will get released into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't find a lot of it in your bloodstream. If we do, we know there's some heart muscle damage going on. So we'll test your blood for that and we'll find it. And it all looks like a heart attack, right? Mm -hmm. So they found these patients that presented just like a heart attack. But the difference is that when they did the stuff to figure out like, oh, where's the blockage? Because that's usually what we think is happening, right? One of the arteries that feed blood to the heart is blocked off. That's a heart attack because the heart muscle is then being damaged. They would do a cath, cardiac catheterization, inject dye to look in the, in the blood vessels and see where is the blockage. And they wouldn't find anything. Mm. They wouldn't find any evidence of a blockage. And that was weird because it looked like they had one right. in all other, you know. And so then they started it's good doing. They checked though before they started digging around in there. Well, and that's key. And I'm going to say this multiple times in the show, but that is a very key point about this. Even if you at some point in your life, and hopefully you don't, experience what you think might be quote unquote broken heart syndrome it's still more likely that it's a heart attack and you should go to the ER and tell them immediately. And the ER doctor will do everything that they normally do for a heart attack, which is right and good because most of the time it's not this. So if you're thinking to yourself, God, well, my chest really hurts, but I have been really sad about the McRib going away (laughs) because I eat so many McRibs all the time constantly. It might actually still be a heart attack. Yes. I would <laughs> actually the McRibs. That was kind of my, yeah, uh-huh. that was, uh-huh. it I worked gotcha. on a couple different. I followed. Maximumfund.org for a session. That's the kind of thing you can reward. Uh, anyway, so that, the, so they're going to do all the stuff that they would do for a heart attack, which is good. That is what you, we should do. That is the protocol um, because most of the time it is. But in these cases, they don't find a blockage. So then they started doing on, in this particular report, they started doing echoes, echocardiograms on these patients, which is like an ultrasound of your heart. They put some jelly on your chest and then they put a little ultrasound wand around and look at your heart while it's beating. They watch it. They -hmm. watch it beat. And what they found is that the hearts were doing all these patients were doing uh, had a very similar appearance of their heart on the echo. And it was an unusual appearance. The left ventricle, which is the part of your heart, the bottom part of your heart that's very muscly and squeezes the blood out to your body. So it's got to be a big big tough muscle and it squeezes really hard and pumps the blood everywhere out your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Very important. This part of the heart in these patients, the bottom of it was ballooning out in a strange fashion. Hmm. It was not squeezing like a big thick muscle should. It was like floppy and weak and ballooning out. Hmm. And it was a very distinct appearance that they found in these hearts. Um, so the heart wasn't squeezing like it was supposed to. And then you would get all those symptoms that we talked about. Uh, and they started calling it Takasubos because the appearance of the heart, this is where this name comes from. I thought this was a fascinating. I assumed it was history. someone's name. So no, it is not. Needles. It is not someone's name. The, it is based on the appearance of the ventricle and you, you'd almost have to look up a picture of this to, cause I, I have never seen this thing. It is named for a Japanese octopus pot. Okay. It is a kind of pot. I guess it's like a trap that you can like lower. And it looks like, like from the diagrams, it looks like the octopus just swims into it. (laughs) 
Got him. And it's and it's a pot. And anyway, it resembled this octopus pot. And so the name Takasubo is octopus pot because mm. that's the appearance of the heart on this imaging study on an echo. It looks like an octopus pot. So how did they get to the sort of get to the bottom of the, the whole disorder? Well, I'm going to tell you about that, Justin. Oh, yes. After our break. Our break. Oh, that's right. There's no billing department. There's this no week. billing department this time. We're just talking about the Maximum Fund Drive. MaximumFund.org forward slash donate is where you can go. Uh, we have a goal this year of 25,000 new and upgrading members. And we are asking that if you enjoy the stuff that we make on the network, you will do your part. As of this recording, uh, we are currently as a network sitting at uh, 7,560 donors. So we need you. We are... We're counting on you. We're counting on you. We're not at pace to hit our goal, and we would. It would really mean a lot to keep all our shows going, and um, uh, it would really mean a lot for for you to vote for the kind of content you would like to see in the world. Um, to tell you about some of the other gifts, because that's what we're all really excited about, right? That's what we're all here for. Yeah, Sid. I mean, the becoming a member will give you that. Every time you listen to the shows that you love, you'll get that warm, fuzzy feeling that you help make this, this mm-hmm. is, you are part of the reason this continues to exist in the world and that we're able to do it and hopefully continue to do it better and do more of the stuff you love but there's also gifts but there's also gifts so we talked about the five dollar a month level it's going to get you the bonus content for ten dollars a month you can get a pen of your choice plus the bonus content if we do hit that twenty five thousand, those pens will go on sale with profits going to charity so you can get the other ones if you would like, at $20 a month, there is a 550-piece Maximum Fund puzzle specifically for our members. Uh, it's a it's a lovely piece that details the view out of the Maximum Fund offices. And uh, you also get the pin and the bonus content. At $35 a month, you get a mug engraved with the Max Fund rocket ship logo uh, and the puzzle and the pins and the uh, uh, bonus content. And then they go up from there. There's a $50 level with an engraved membership card, $100 a month. You get the inner circle, which is the monthly uh, culture club of Max Fun, uh, where Max Fun hosts will send you an item once a month that is important to them uh, that they love. We've done it once, haven't we? What did we send out to people? Was it the apple? Did we send the apple out? I think we did. I don't remember. Sorry if so. I'm not sorry. It's a great film. Yeah. Uh, And then $200 a month, you get a free registration to MaxFunCon 2020. But the important thing here is not that you give $200 a month. You're probably not going to do that. But if you can kick in five, 10 bucks a month, those donations really add up. It may not seem like a lot to you, or maybe it does. I don't know your financial situation, but it, it really does. It really does start to stack up. And if you can see your way to donating five bucks a month for the content that you listen to here on maximumfund.org, it uh, it really does help us out. Yeah. And that, again, that the majority of that money goes directly to the shows that you listen to, to us, the people who make the shows that you listen to so we can continue to make them and make them better and get better equipment and do all those things that hopefully improve the content and it feeds back to you. It's just a, it's a feedback loop, we would say. We would say that in science. Uh, And I cannot stress enough the bonus content that you can get. You get all of it. First of all, I don't know if we made that clear. You get all the bonus content that we've created for all the years. Okay. For Sawbones, what do we have? 
There's uh, well, this year we did a uh, ask us anything that's not medical episode. Yes, uh, we've done an ASMR. Yes, there's an ASMR episode. episode. Uh, it was uh, a commentary track for the series finale of Two and a Half Men. Inexplicably, yes. The last year we did a tour of a f- uh, a pharmacy. Oh, that's and right. Talked, uh, to- told uh, talked about what medicines uh, worked and didn't work. Uh, got, yeah. got mad about homeopathy. Yeah, uh, yelled about our, homeopathy in the bonus. aisle of Walmart. Yeah. Uh, um, there's great, but there's but you don't just get the bonus content from Sawbones. No, you get the bonus content from all the shows. You want to hear Sydney play Dungeons and Dragons with her sisters and her mom? You can do that. That was the still buffering bonus this year. It was really fun. It was really fun. Um, there's there's all kinds of great stuff. There's videos. There's uh, all kinds of of radical content. Um, so, uh, please, it, it, I will, I, I want to close by saying, um, thank you. If you've donated, uh, previously, thank you so much for donating to the network. You re- it really, you support our family by doing that. Like you help keep our family afloat and clothed and fed. And like, I don't know what could mean more to me than that. And to, to Sid, I know feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, thank so, you. Thank you to all of our current members. Um, to all of our new members, to everybody upgrading their membership. And if you're not in a position right now where you can, where you can do that, but you want to share that information, tweet about it, talk about it, put sure. it on Facebook, whatever, MySpace, live journal, whatever <laughs> you use, anyway. <laughs> just tell a friend at work over uh, the water woof. cooler. You could woof it. <laughs> Um, that helps us out too. Uh, so thank woofing you. Doesn't, well, the other Wolf, ones woofing doesn't, but the real ones, the <laughs> uh, actual real ones. Maximumfund.org <laughs> forward slash donate is the address. Don't wait. Cause you'll forget, please go right now, pledge five, 10, $20 a month and, uh, help keep our, our shows, uh, going. Um, and, uh, we really appreciate it. So Sydney, we were, you were, we were about to, I feel like we were about to investigate, a little deeper. So let's let's talk more about uh, Takasubo's cardiomyopathy, or also called stress cardiomyopathy, also called uh, apical ballooning syndrome, or stress-induced cardiomyopathy. All of these are names that uh, a lot of us in the medical world would use. I, you guys don't like the drama? No, we don't like the drama. What caught people's attention from this initial report, which was which was only five patients, it was a pretty small report that, but it what captured everyone's attention was the idea that emotional stress could cause these symptoms. Um, And so the name broken heart syndrome grew from this. Let me ask you a question, Sid, and I don't, I don't mean to derail you, but it's max fun drive. So we can take a little bit longer. Um, What differentiates this phenomenon from like, we know that, that emotional stimuli can have an effect on like, uh, well, like hypertension, for example, right. Mm -hmm. Can be affected by your emotional state, right. So why is it surprising that an emotional state like heartbreak would have a physical effect since there are other emotional states that can have physical effects? The acuity was the thing that surprised people, because what we tend to think about is that a high stress, um, like an emotional state, a high stress emotional state long term is not good for you, like in a chronic sense is not good for you. But the the idea that an acute emotional event would lead to 
something that looked like an acute cardiac event, like a heart attack. Like like the idea of being scared to death, right? Exactly. That, like it's that the, that it's, could happen. It's the all at once thing, I think, that, that, that was really the surprising part. The idea that chronic stress causes chronic illness, I mean, this is not new. Like we've investigated this for a long time. But there was never a belief before this that you could all at once become so sad or angry or overwhelmed or stressed or scared or frustrated or whatever that you could actually have a heart attack and maybe actually die. Not not usually, certainly, but possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's been a lot of research done since that initial those initial findings in, in 91 where we've tried to figure out, like, how prevalent is this? Has this been happening for a long time? Are we are a lot of heart attacks that are what, what looks like heart attacks really from this? Initially, the research suggested it was about one percent. Um, there's some other studies who've argued that it might be a little higher, two percent, as high as five. But most agree that it's probably a one or two percent of acute heart attacks are actually this. So not one percent of people. One percent of people who come and it looks like they have a heart attack are actually presenting with this Takasubos or broken heart syndrome. Um, we also know a lot more about who is at risk for this. It turns out, uh, depending on which series you look at, 80 to 90 percent of patients are women. Hmm. So in some of the studies, it was 100 percent a female problem. Um, and then the average age is somewhere between 61 and 76. So it seems to be the most likely to have this issue are, are older women, but it could be men certainly. And it could be younger. Um, it was initially thought that it's always transient, meaning that you have these symptoms, your EKG looks like this, your echo looks like this. We find these things in your bloodstream and you get really sick and then you get better and then your heart goes back to normal. And then it pumps just fine. That was our initial thought is that it's, it's kind of interesting in that you can have a broken heart and then it gets better mm. and you're fine. And it seems that that is still usually the case. However, what we have learned in, and there are numerous studies that have been done on this phenomenon since then, I think in part, cause it's very, it's very interesting. It's, mm-hmm. ca- it's captured a lot of um, imaginations. Um, and then also because we don't understand it well yet. And so we got to keep studying it till we know sure. it better. But uh, there are cases that have led to complications, severe complications, and then recurrence. We've seen it come back again later, so to speak. Um, In some rare patients, it has resulted in death. Uh, There have been patients who go into cardiogenic shock. Basically, their heart just cannot pump, um, which is bad, Um, or have some sort of arrhythmia, some sort of abnormal heart rhythm that can result in death. So while yes, it is possible that somebody can die of broken heart syndrome. So I guess in, in (laughs) your parlance, die of a broken heart. Wow. That pained you. Uh (laughs) Well, I don't, I don't want to make it sound more sensational than it is. Most of the time, Takasubo's cardiomyopathy is something that can get better. Um, There's been some argument with uh, what we should do long term for this? Like, do these patients need to be treated like a heart failure patient would? Because somebody who's been diagnosed with heart failure, we put on certain medications and they have to take them forever. And uh, some of the evidence has said yes. Some of the evidence is still maybe we're not sure yet. Um, maybe not harmful, but I, we don't know if it helps. Uh, we know that patients who, as a result of this, get like clots and things should be treated with blood thinners. But the management is still very questionable. And in part, it's because we don't know why why does it happen i don't know 
we still don't completely understand that. There's definitely what we call sympathetic activation. Your sympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the fight or flight response. Definitely that's happening, right? You've been hit with some sort of intense emotion and your body. I mean, it's the stuff that you would feel like your heart speeds up and Mm -hmm. you breathe faster and you feel sweaty and anxious and like you need to run somewhere or punch somebody, all that stuff that happens. And so we know that that's part of it, but like there've been other studies that have said, maybe it's not just circulating stress hormones. Maybe it has something to do with inflammation. Um, there was one, there were some patients that looked like they were having multiple vessel spasms, meaning like the coronary arteries, the arteries to your heart weren't blocked, but they were squeezing like they were sp- like a muscle spasm. They were spasming mm. shut temporarily and then opening it up, hmm. but multiple vessels, which is weird. So there've been a lot of different uh, studies to look at why, and nobody is a hundred percent sure that we have a blanket reason for all cases yet. Um, there've been a lot of different sources of stress blamed and it's mostly negative. I thought this was very interesting. Most of the cases where this happened, it was something negative that happened. Like, uh, there were a lot of people either like got bad news, like the death of a loved one is a very common event. Um, the precipitate precipitating event. Uh, but then uh, there was one that said like an earthquake happened and uh, there were a lot of cases of this after following this earthquake. So like a natural disaster, something like that, that seems very obvious in rare cases. Mm. It seems that a happy event actually precipitated the Takasubos. Really? Yes. So they have found in, in 2016, the European Heart Journal published a study called Happy Heart Syndrome, Role of Positive Emotional Stress in Takasubo Syndrome. And... Basically, their argument is they went back and looked at tons of patients who presented with Takasubo's cardiomyopathy. They narrowed it down to just the 485 that had like definable emotional triggers. Like so they could, based on their record, they could say this happened and then these symptoms happened. They could name it. And of those, 20 actually cited a positive event. Something happened to them that was a good thing. So then I had to, I had to know, I have a list of things that happened. There were only 20 patients. So I had to look. So here are some examples, um, a birthday party, a wedding, a wedding was on there a couple of times, um, meeting friends from high school, 50 years later, wedding anniversaries, positive job interviews, favorite (laughs) driver, won a race car competition. Sydney. So you're, you're trying to freak people out about being too happy. I'm not trying to freak him out. I just thought this was very interesting. What Surprise are parties are on here. A lot of birthday parties. So um, you're saying we want the drive to go good, but not too good. Celebration of normal pet CT scan. Oh my God, Sydney. Uh, visiting with your grandchildren. Your favorite rugby team won. <laughs> anyway, so there there were these... Um, <laughs> These events that were that are pleasant, happy events. Yeah, they just give, they just broke people. But they, they came their in hearts. with, <laughs> yes, with stress-induced cardiomyopathy. What have you done? I'm sorry. It's just it's not me. Science, just it's it. just true. She, it's just the, the human body. And this makes it. We've always kind of thought that positive emotions, like we have all these studies that say, like a positive outlook is associated with longer life and mm-hmm. decreased mortality. Like we have some evidence that being happy and having good things it's it like that are is associated with good health outcomes but then this sort of made sense because the authors of the study pointed out 
that there is something that um, we can use to rate stressful life events. Did you know there was a scale of stressful life events? I did know this actually, but just because I've had to do that for like therapy and stuff before. And so they have the, like the moving is very changing jobs, death of a loved one, mm-hmm. stuff like that is all very. In 1967, two researchers went through tons of records, Thomas Holmes and Richard Ray, and found that uh, there was a correlation between negative health, health outcomes and very stressful life events. They came up with a list of the most stressful life events and like gave them each a score. And then you could add up your score. Did any of these happen to you in the last year? Add up your score. And if it was so high, they could predict that you're probably going to end up in the hospital in the next year with some sort of medical problem. Right. right. Or the social readjustment rating scale. It's interesting if you want to check it out. It's, it's an interesting thing to look at. But among the most stressful events that can occur to you are number 10 on the list is retirement. Which is not, I mean, like, it seems, it, like, it should seems be. like it should be an overall, I know there are negatives, but overall a good thing. And number seven is actually a marriage, like your marriage, which like marriage, marriage, getting married is the number seven most stressful life event. Um, and if you go to, further down the list, you'll still find positive events like vacation is on the list of a stressful life event. Oh my God. Well, it can't be stressful, I guess, preparing for that. Christmas coming soon was a stressful life event. And outstanding personal achievement was a stressful life. Great. So if you think about it, it makes sense that if stress causes illness and good stress causes illness, that a really intense good thing might lead to Takasubo's. Everybody should just be shooting for like the blandest life possible, right? Milked it. Nothing too good, nothing too bad, (laughs) right down the middle. There's still, so how... I don't have, I don't think any, any researcher at this point could give you an idea of like how happy or how sad you can be before this happens. Right. I don't think anybody could give you that or to know. I mean, we, like I said, we know some risk, um, like uh, there seems to be a gender discrepancy and then age discrepancy in terms of who's at risk. Obviously you would think people with prior cardiac problems are more at risk for this. It's not always necessarily true. Um, it could be anyone at any time, <laughs> happy or sad. It's extremely rare. That's something. It's extremely That's rare. Something. Yes. Uh, but I guess if in the poetic sense, is it possible to die of a broken heart? Apparently it is. It's uh, it's extremely rare and unlikely. Or getting, again, I just want to clarify in case anybody missed the context, possible to die of a broken heart or from getting mildly happy about your pet's CT scan. It, yes. Or a rugby team winning, or your favorite net. Dick Trickle crosses the line when first, I said pet- and I'm dying because I'm so happy I die because I'm so happy about Dick Trickle winning the NASCAR race. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to clarify something. When I said pet CT scan, that a PET pet scan is a certain. It's not your pet, not like an animal. Okay, all right. Sorry, fair. I just want to that clarify. Was, I'm yes. certain confusing to literally everyone listening. I'm sorry, except that's, the, a, you, that's you a five different, medical nerds. There's a CT scan. There's a PET scan. This was a PET CT. It's a combo. Anyway, th- this is a specific kind of scan, an imaging study. But I'm right about Dick Trickle yes, winning a race right. and it killing me because I'm so thrilled. Well, I don't know that it was Dick Trickle, but you know. Again, and if and I'm going to name this, a specific NASCAR driver, it's always going to be Dick Trickle 100% of the time. And again, even if you have this, it's very unlikely that you would die. Good. Well, that's something. Good job, Sid. Good. But Good. Uh, the, the here, here would be my practical advice to you. It would be that if you have chest pain, go to the hospital immediately. Sure. Easy. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be the practical advice. And, uh, and in the meantime, 
I did find that some sciences have scientists have researched how to cure a broken heart, an emotionally broken heart, like in the the euphemistic broken heart. Okay. I found a study where they were trying to figure out uh, if somebody is experiencing very negative emotions as a result of heartbreak, as a result of like a lost relationship. Some of it was like grieving a lost loved one, but a lot of it had to do with like a breakup. Um, what could you do? Is there a medicine for that? Is there? Well, so they did the art, they did the studies on prairie voles who were described in the article as being famously monogamous, which I feel I feel very bad that I didn't know that prairie voles were famously monogamous because that seems like like I don't know what celebrities are dating who or the YouTubers, but I feel like I should have known that prairie voles were famously monogamous. Well, if they're famously monogamous, one would assume that we would know about this. Prairie voles are famously monogamous. And what they did is they found that um, because they they mate forever. They find a partner and they are with them until one of them dies and then they grieve the death of the partner vole. And so they were able to make the voles drop their lifelong partner and start kind of playing the field and dating other voles by blocking either dopamine or oxytocin chemicals in their brain. So they were able to use medications to block these hormones and they kind of severed these lifelong attachments. We are very pro science here on Sawbones, but Sydney, if I could just take a minute to interrupt your glee (laughs) y'all are wild these happy rats are just scooting around together in their little tiny rocking chairs and you're like i bet we could break them up with science (laughs) and another one's like yes do it oh my god it's the best idea for all day let's break them up with science no it's temporary though because once you stop the medicine then it comes back okay it's temporary well let's hope they don't have any trouble finding (laughs) each other because they're little voles they probably live for like a week. Y'all are wild. They also found that they could block another hormone, corticotropin releasing factor. The important thing is that they were able to stop um, grief in a vole who had lost its mate. Because they broke it up with chemicals and it ran into a lawnmower. No, this was in the case of like the death of a of a mate. They were able to stop the grief that they felt like in, in a sense. And, and the question was, could this be a cure for unrequited love or for heartbreak? Now, all the scientists who did this said, we are not proposing we do any of this. It was more of a theoretical. We had a weekend like, to kill and what, a bunch of rats to break up. <laughs> what are what are the hormones responsible for lust, love, attachment, you know, heartbreak? Is there a way to I mean, this, it was more of a of a hypothetical thing because we you don't want to tamper too much with a lot of these um, vol relationships. Well, yeah. And also, like they made the point that if you tamper too much with oxytocin, you might prevent somebody from forming any relationships. Yeah. I don't know. It all, it all, it was a little uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind for me. Just a touch. Yeah. So I, and the scientists agreed with that. So nobody is proposing any of this, but I thought it was a very interesting effort to try to cure a broken heart right now. I don't think there is a better cure than time, exercise, drink a lot of water, get plenty of sleep, spend time with the people you love and And get, get hugs um, physical contact with other humans, like like a nice pat on the back or handshake or hug was found to be helpful in helping somebody heal from a heartbreak kind of thing. Um, 
and, and take care of yourself and yeah. get back out there when you're ready. I mean, that I think that's still like that still holds true is the best advice. You know, one thing that I've always read is really good is um, donating money to organizations <laughs> that you care about uh, for getting over a broken heart. And what better organization than uh, scientists breaking up voles since the beginning of time? Just kidding. The Maximum Fund. Network don't donate to the, the scientists. Only, don't donate to scientists. The <laughs> donate to this scientist. Scientists of this one specific scientist who has never broken up bowls in our entire I've life. never done this. I wouldn't. Uh, Maximumfund.org forward slash donate is the, is the address. This drive is only going for, uh, this is the end of week one. Like I said, we're behind where we would like to be. And you could be the hero that turns that around for us. Um, please tweet at us with the Max Fund Drive hashtag if, you, when, if you're a new or upgrading donor. Um, so somebody can thank you personally. Um, the uh, uh, I should have mentioned that those gifts are for new or upgrading donors. If you're currently a $5 donor and you want the pins or the bonus content, well, the bonus content you have regardless. But uh, if you if you want the pins, you got to upgrade to $10. If you're at $10 and you want the the, the pins, you got to upgrade to 20 so you get the puzzle and the, the pins and everything. Um, that's just a way of thanking people who are, are increasing their goals uh, and increasing their donations. And it, it really does mean so much to us. And, and it is, uh, some people have asked, is it a one-time donation count or does it have to be a recurring monthly donation? And it does, please join us and be a member and a recurring donation is what we are asking for in order for you to get those cool, cool presents. Cool presents, cool network that really needs your help. Um, and uh, it would just, it would just mean so much to us. So please, 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 if you're a Sawbones listener, I mean, you've enjoyed the stuff that we've made, you know, you, you spend you know, 13, 15 bucks a month on Netflix, whatever it is now, or Hulu or magazines or probably not magazines. I mean, cause it is 2019, but you know, you spend money on other stuff. If, if you could spend money on our, on our show, um, we would just, we would just really appreciate it. We would really appreciate it. And we would also really appreciate that if you ever have chest pain, please go directly to a hospital. <laughs> Great. Perfect. That is going to do it for <laughs> us for this week. Thanks to taxpayers for the use of our song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. You're the you're the tops. So uh, until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.